I've, uh, I've enjoyed getting to know our guest communicator over the past few months as we've chatted in preparation for our talk today. And uh, I found out very quickly that um, if you have important things to work through in a meeting with Ron Cannon, don't do it in a public coffee shop setting because everybody will come by and say hi to him and visit with him. And, uh, and he's, he's a popular guy. Uh, so things, uh, things I've learned as I've, as I've met with, with Ron in preparation over the last couple of uh, times we've got together is uh, just that, that and any one of you who are able to spend time and get to know him, you'd, you'd find the same thing. Uh, he loves the Lord and he's very open about his faith. He loves his family. They're a high priority to him. And uh, his wife, his kids, and his grandkids are, are very important to him. And he demonstrates a great level of personal care and interest into the well-being of others. He always knows and can register and pick up and communicate details of previous conversations and things that are going on in someone else's life. And uh, really is, uh, comes across as very caring and uh, a very concerned individual. And I, I've really learned to appreciate them. I've seen him do that already in multiple different contexts in multiple different places. And uh, he's, he's most well-known... Ron is, of course, most well-known for his roles in public service and public office, uh, beginning with 10 years in Kelowna as a city councillor, and then most recently, and maybe even more commonly known, as our Member of Parliament for the Kelowna Lake Country constituency, and uh, he had, did, uh, had done 10 years in Ottawa uh, representing our area and our constituency in, uh, in federal politics. And so... Um, I, as I've had a few conversations with Ron, uh, we discovered that there's a lot of similarities between pastoring and public service. And uh, no one sees how hard you work uh, or what the sacrifices are. Uh, everyone seems to know how to do your job better. And, um, and, so, and you can't really you do much about it. And so we actually cried in one another's beer and felt one another's pain. And we just, you know, uh, there were, it was a good time of, of bonding as we shared about all the challenges of what it's like to, to lead. And, uh, and it's, it's a unique thing. And, and so I sure appreciate Ron's heart and all of that and all the things that he's learned and all the things he's shared with us. Um, our current series is called Rising Strong. And we're looking at how to get back up and keep going when life knocks you down. And that's been the basic theme over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I invited Ron to come and share today because part of his story, of course, as you know, uh, he has uh, lost in the last federal election. And so he's really taken a hit. He's really taken a shot personally, professionally. And there's some pain and there's a sting there. And there's some, it, 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 it was a difficult, hard thing to go through. And even to this day still, is, uh, there's, there's some scars there. And so uh, yet, besides going through that difficult experience, uh, he has kind of risen and passed through that. And some wonderful opportunities have come his way. He's continued to go forward. And God is continuing to lead him. And actually, he has a wonderful testimony of what it means as a person of faith to rise strong, to get up and keep going when life knocks you down and when things get difficult. And so he's got a really wonderful testimony. So why don't you uh, welcome Ron as he comes. Ron, come on up. And uh, it's wonderful to have you with us this morning. Good there morning. We go. Thank you, Chad, for that kind introduction. It sounded like I sent, had a sentence of 10 years. I did 10 years in Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> but they released me. It's great to be here with you. Um, so, 
uh, we are going to uh, pick up, if you've been a part of our Presence in the Pain series where we have different guests come and it's a little bit of a conversation and a back and forth and, and you know what, we never quite know where the story is going to go. We have a few questions and a few kind of guided things and uh, Ron shared, you know, he wants to just be open to the Holy Spirit and we know that there's going to be something that is going to encourage people and through story, through hearing other people, not just the professional pastor people, but hearing regular people who are a people of faith and share some of their stories, some wonderful things can come through. So we're really looking forward to, to having you here with us, Ron. Um, I have our, our conversation guide here, and uh, I wanted us to pick up with uh, your story as how you entered federal politics. Just give us a little quick snapshot on how that even happened. How do you go from being a city councilor to uh, an MP? Sure. First of all, I wanted to thank you seriously for that warm introduction and uh, thinking about how this, it's so exciting to hear that you're going to two services. I was here about 10 years ago when a friend, Ron Eggert, brought me here. Some folks from Evangel had the vision of this church with that and others. And to see where you are today, is, uh, it's a really a testament to your faith and your commitment and uh, for God's blessing in our community. So I thank you for your ministry. And I know the UBCO has been a great uh, addition for, for our community and also you being addition for the having God's availability service for our community. So I thank you for that. My wife and two of my daughters and a couple of grandchildren are here in the family, so we thank you for our, the warm welcome. Basically, I got involved in, in politics. Uh, in It was by chance. I, I served nine years in city council, was involved in the community, and basically in May of 2005, I got a phone call from an individual who said that the conservative member of parliament, Werner Schmidt, was retiring and asked me if I'd be interested in putting my name forward for a nomination. Never being involved in partisan politics of any sort, I got a quick rundown, a lesson of what happens. You have to sell memberships and they have a nomination meeting and you get people out and you put your name forward and see what happens. Good, uh, good friends and encouragement to have. Well, it was, it was a pretty interesting experience and that, over the next, so that was March of 2005 and the nomination meeting was in May 2005, so had some people that stepped up, volunteered and wanted to help get, uh, get my name forward. There were seven people that ran in May 2005. We had the nomination, there was about 1,800 people in the KSS gym and I was fortunate to win, so May of 2005, I was still serving as a city councillor and there was a potential election that, if you recall back a little bit of history of 2005 and May, there was a possibility of an election. It, it got deferred until January 23rd, 2006, and I was fortunate to win and started a new journey in Ottawa. Wow. So all of a sudden, you go from a city councillor in Kelowna to, uh, with one election, you find yourself in Parliament. And uh, most of us here have no idea what that really means and what, what do you really do. Again, this is, remember when I said pastors bond with, with public service? You know, people say to me all the time, it's, it must be nice just to golf. You only work a couple hours on Sunday. And, uh, and I just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I make a fist down here. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, um, we, but really, I think we don't have any idea of what is it like to, to, you know, move and you, you got to get set up in Ottawa and you're, you're working hard. And give us a picture of, of what it was like to land in, in Parliament and, and begin working there. Well, I didn't, I didn't know, I was like yourself, I was quite naive and didn't understand all the responsibilities. There's no real course. You have a little bit of an orientation, but we flew to Ottawa with my wife and uh, at that time, Cindy and myself just went and then our family came later. We had to get accommodation because quickly learned that about half of your life is spent in Ottawa, so you're away from the family. 
And what we did is we rented a hotel suite to begin with, and we ended up buying a, a condo and lived downtown Ottawa. But the week unfolded like what happened. I would uh, leave on Sunday, leave Sunday afternoon, and there's no direct flight, so you either go through Toronto, Calgary, and you, especially the winter time, you could get into Ottawa like two in the morning. You start your Monday morning. There's uh, briefings with your staff. I had two staff in Ottawa and two in the constituency office here in Kelowna, and then. Through the week, you have different committee meetings, uh, caucus meeting on Wednesday. It's just sitting throughout the whole week. And by you know, Thursday evening, you're on the return flight back. You get home midnight, which is 3 o'clock in the morning. Friday, it would start, you know, go to Rotary at 7 in the morning. You have constituency meetings all day. Some event in the evening, you try to find some time for a few hours. Saturday morning at the family, there's another event Saturday night. Uh, Sunday morning, you go to church. And uh, back on the plane, hit the restart button and do it over again. They might work a little harder than a pastor then. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. Just a bit. Your, your golf game, I'm sure, is much better yes. than mine. Yeah. So um, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a tremendous thing because, again, we don't, I don't think we actually appreciate, and I think all of us have our different ideas on politics and on politicians and on our public servants. And uh, I, I don't know if we ever have the opportunity just to hear what they do and, and how hard they work. And I know one of the things that Ron uh, really took uh, a high value on is he did make an effort during his terms to always come back and be here in the constituency and be in the office booking appointments, being involved with people's lives, being a liaison with different case files and different initiatives and things like that. And there were some, and there are some, regardless even of what political party they're in and what affiliation they have, that really spend just a lot of their time either in, in Ottawa and, and they're not kind of back and forth working with their people. And so it takes a big commitment, it's a big sacrifice, and uh, I thought, you know, uh, if, if uh, we, I thought, could we just take a moment and just say thank you to Ron for all of, all of his work and uh, everything that he's done. Thank you very much. And it is, um, you know, something was always, remember uh, Prime Minister Stephen Harper, on Wednesdays we'd have a caucus meeting from 9.30 till noon. That would be all of our uh, MPs from the Conservatives and the Senators, and he'd always reinforce, make sure you get back to your riding every week because there's no votes in Ottawa. you got to get back and you represent your constituents. And I always felt that I didn't know who, when people made an appointment to see, I don't know who they voted for, and it didn't really matter to me. I was there to represent them, and I had some incredible staff that dealt, you know, they're the, the ones in the front line that we're dealing with, whether it's immigration or taxation issues or all kinds of government challenges that they're facing, that we were there to represent. We're, we're Canadians, and, and once the election's over, you're there to represent your, uh, your riding to the best that you can and everybody. And that's a challenge, as you know, because in partisan politics, there's no, I always say there's no perfect party or politician, and there's no uh, perfect policy, and you try to balance all those with the needs of everybody else and come up with the, the best. Uh, as, the, as Preston Manning used to say, why did the Canadian cross the road? It was to get to the middle. And you, you try, try to find that compromise. Yeah. That's good. Well, we do appreciate all of the, all of the hard work. And I mean, just things that, that again, nobody sees, nobody understands. And, uh, you know, you and your, and your family and Cindy, and it's, uh, it's a very good thing to serve the country. And uh, so we appreciate that. Uh, give us a picture of what it's like. I think another thing I was curious about, and I think here others would be as well, what is it like to be a Christian and be a believer in Jesus, trying to honor Christ and land in the political system and be, be a, a member of parliament 
and be a believer? Like, is there a secret handshake or something? Or how, how do you find other Christians? What, what's it like? What are some of your challenges and your tests? And I look in the audience, and there's some university students. If you remember even when you go back to high school, when you, there's different, different groups, and you kind of, after a short period of time, you find out where, where you fit in. There's some that are the, you know, the, they had a hockey team. You go out once a week and, you know, play a couple of games uh, a month, and the, they would drink the rest of the month. And then there's the ones that had the, the scotch and the cigar club, and there were some that had, uh, we had an interprovincial or inter-party uh, 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 sports team, so we did go soccer, different events, some of the social aspects. But there is a, a great network of Christian members of parliament uh, majority from conservative, but there was a few from the other parties, and they had a breakfast on Wednesday morning, and we had a prayer time on Thursday. Thursday morning it was led by, used to be a Christian Embassy, now Power to Change, and Embassy International. So sometimes there'd be just a few MPs, sometimes it'd be 10 or 12, we'd get together. And in the evenings, we'd also sometimes get just to get together for fellowship, we'd go for dinner, and have a chance to, to talk amongst each other. The other aspect is you know, the fact that you know, world of politics is, is a family. It involves all the family. And my wife would come out about once a month, at least to, to Ottawa. There was a Parliamentary Spouses Association. So they would organize different events for the spouses. So all the political spouses would get together from all the parties. And they'd go maybe to that time, Lorraine Harper would have them over for tea for 24 Sussex or an ambassador. Or they would organize a day tour to uh, Ottawa, some, some interesting uh, you know, National Historical Museum. So my wife got to know more about Ottawa and was telling me about all these events, and I'd go there Sunday, Thursday, come back home. I, you know, I was living in Ottawa, but didn't, wasn't able to enjoy a lot of it. But in the meantime, she developed a great network of, of support from other spouses, and they had a, a Bible study as well, and it was a good opportunity to connect and pray for their, uh, their partners, their husbands, wives, to uh, ask for God's direction and wisdom and guidance. Well, it's good to know that there's a... A representation of uh, of Christ and some of those values, and considering some of those things. And uh, after winning three elections, uh, three three votes, uh, the results didn't go the way you would have hoped and and had wanted this last go around. Uh, take us to that election night and kind of how that played out. What happened? What was your emotional, mental, spiritual kind of headspace? And uh, just walk us through that that kind of experience. So it was actually, it was three municipal elections, three federal ones. I was, you know, six for six, and this was lucky number seven. Well, the night of, uh, of the, actually right that whole day before the election and leading up to it, we were, you know, it was a long campaign. It was the longest one in Canadian history, which was a challenge in itself. But for, I remember two weeks out, I was thinking about, okay, praying God, okay, we've, we've covered all our bases, made it through all the all candidates' forums, and we haven't... Uh, Got buried myself too much yet, so we're, we're continued knocking on doors, and you're hearing from people that you know we like what you're doing, but we have concerns with your leader, and talk to them and explain the situation, and, and you work through it, and you understand well it's going to be a lot different uh, than last time, but we're still getting a lot of support. So the night of the or the day of the election, we have volunteers that um, work what's called the scrutineers, and they go to the polling stations and they collect the the uh, ballot every hour. There's a a sort of summary of the people that have voted. So they'll report that information back into your campaign headquarters and you have to get out the vote. And that's the, the impetus of the focus of the election day. So about 4.30, I was at uh, Rutland High School with one of my volunteers and we were talking with some of the, the volunteer scrutineers and all volunteers and the Workers for Elections Canada thanking them for working. And, 
And I talked to this one lady that I knew was a supporter for a long time, and she had an Elections Canada lanyard on her. And I said, oh, you're working for Elections Canada for the election? She says, well, no, actually, I've got a problem with your leader. I'm working for the other party. My heart sort of sank because she had come to all these events and been a supporter all along. I door-knocked at her home uh, on Thanksgiving weekend, and she never said anything. So I took that and tucked it in the back of my my heart there for a couple hours, and then about just after 6 o'clock, the news came that uh, Atlantic Canada was swept by the Liberals, and I thought, oh, it's not looking very good. And then the polls closed at 7, and uh, our campaign team, we were at the Four Point Sheraton, huddled in a room and listening to the results, and the first results came, and we were down by about just, I think, eight votes or so. So I thought, well, that's unusual. We'll see how things unfold, and... Thinking and praying, the, the, in the about over 200 polls, they start coming out. We're up by 200, 300, 400, 600. It's, it's trending good. It's looking good. And then all of a sudden, it just the wheels fell off the bus. We're down by 1,000 and 2,000 and never recovered. We lost by about uh, 5% that night. And then, so we sat in the hotel room until, you know, that was a nine, after 9 o'clock at night. And uh, my, my friend, good friend, Norm Letnick, who's the MLA, he was texting me. We had to have a band and was a political posse. And... And he said, oh, I guess uh, we're going to have to change the name or the conditions of the, of the band arrangements. It's either elected or formally elected members. <laughs> I said, thanks, Norm. You know. So I'm texting back before people are contacting me and eventually had to go down and uh, face the media. And that was uh, my wife and daughters. We just uh, grabbed each other and said a little prayer. And going down the elevator, my daughters are crying. And you just have to go and uh, face, face the, uh, the, the public and explain what, what happened. And that was a difficult time. What was your, what was going through your mind? What was, uh, give us a picture of, of, you know, what did what did that feel like? What was the personal hit to you? Well, you're you're a bit numb. You're shocked. Like, uh, how could this happen? And like, we we had executed everything, and it just seemed so surreal. So while I was down there, of course, the media are, are trying to get me to uh, throw Prime Minister Harper under the bus and blame him for the loss and everything. I said, no, we're I've always played, you know, team sports. We're we're a team. We work together. We win together. We lose together. And uh, I always ex- try to, you know, explain to my daughters: if you ever lose a job or if you have to have a disagreement with somebody, you better to take the high road. And and you know, you can always get yourself out of it better. So I just agreed to not enter that fray and thanked everybody and said, as far as our house, our home, we'll continue to uh, serve the Lord and with that, whatever that looks like, we're going to stay in the community and continue to be here and. Uh, Allow God to use us however that can, and you have to pick up the pieces as they fall. Okay, so after this, uh, after the results of the election, things changed quite radically and significantly and quite quickly for you in that you were focused entirely with your life in Ottawa in one place, working on cases and files and all kinds of things. You had responsibilities and meetings and agendas and things you were working on, and then all of a sudden with that one election... All of that changed, and uh, what was life like following the days after the election and going through all of that? Well, exactly right. October 19th, my four staff are working on files. They're helping constituents. They're processing immigration files. And then Tuesday morning, wake up, and all four of them have lost their job as well as I have. So you have to – I didn't – I mean – wasn't planning on going down this road, so didn't really research it too extensively, but I found out you have a month to close down your office. So my staff, they had to – you can't keep any files to transfer them over, even though it would help, and because uh, 
you know, the continuity for the, for the next member of parliament. We had to shred everything, so they just started shredding all the documents, and we had to clean up. We had, a, I had to get back to Ottawa. We had two weeks to clean up my office and empty our condo out in Ottawa and get that movers arranged and then come back and, and uh, the remainder of the time of that month to uh, clean up the constituency office. So it was, um, you know, mixed emotions and trying to figure out, once again, you have to go orientation, figure out the process. I found out that there's a, a severance of, you get a $15,000 education fund that you can go for, use for the next year and how your, your pension works and things like that. I had no idea. Like I said, I hadn't planning on doing that, so it was a big shock for, you know, obviously for my family, but almost myself, a readjustment. And then the last thing, the last day when I left the constituency office, I had to leave my BlackBerry and my iPad, everything, you know, and drive home, and I'm thinking, okay, God, what's next? Like, I got nothing, I don't know where I'm going, and I headed home. And I got home, I didn't even have a phone to plug in, so I had to borrow my wife's BlackBerry to plug in and say, <laughs> like, it just... You're, you're going 110 miles an hour, and all of a sudden you're shut off after almost 10 years. So it's a, a, quite a withdrawal process. Yeah, I'm sure that was, uh, and, and still even to this day, is quite significant. I, I never even thought about some of those things. But again, hearing, hearing Ron share about uh, the, the level of work and commitment and all the things that he invested, and then again, just, just driving home that last day from the office, no, no iPad, no BlackBerry, no meeting the next day, no... No deadline, no agenda, nothing else to work on, and you're just sitting there at home. And uh, what a what an adjustment, and what a shock that was. And I think perhaps there are people here who can relate to those kinds of things. When you you have been invested in a relationship with someone, and then it's ended, it's broken. You have been involved with a career and been involved with a job, and uh, and that ends, and all of a sudden it's over. And just that sense of loss, that sense of I was so focused and so going this way and now it's all kind of gone and and I think that gives us a, a picture of uh, you know some of the things that Ron went through and um, this is something he wrote in in one of his emails to me he said our whole family was impacted by my life in world in the world of politics uh, Cindy uh, that's Ron's wife spent many days listening to me asking how and why did this happen and eventually I had to set aside my pride and my bruised ego and move forward and instead of asking God why this happened, uh, he wanted me to ask him what I could learn uh, from this and what's next. How did that unfold? How did you get to that place where you, instead of looking in, inward and kind of that self-misery and self-loathing and all, all the things that, that could have happened, uh, how did you move forward and, and do that? Well, it was interesting. Like I said, I didn't even have a, a BlackBerry, so I used my wife's BlackBerry for a couple of days and trying to wait for a phone call or an email, so I see an email. Quality Greens has got a special on and Safeway, and uh, there's a shoe store and a dress shop, you know. So seriously, I, I went from a BlackBerry to an iPhone after that. <laughs> and uh, and how do you transition? It was like, that's a, a big question as far as... And, and I, I really didn't know what to do. We, My wife and I spent a lot of time, and... Uh, she, like I said, she listened to me lots, and you, you, you go through, if any of you have ever lost a job or, you know, had severe rejection of some sort, you, you think about, you know, why and, you know, what was the reason. And as I alluded to in my email is God wanted to teach us what can we learn from that amongst that, midst that situation and move forward. And I know my wife would have probably a few times told me to, you know, suck it up and pick it up and get going, but she was really patient and understanding, and eventually... It was it was um, an interesting transition because actually the next day Pastor Mike Peninga called me a good friend and 
from Clona Gospel Fellowship, and he said, we, we have a prayer time at noon. You want to come down and pray? So came down to the church, and it was great, uh, you know, time. You, anytime you get invited afterwards, you, you accept it, right? So then that was Tuesday, and then uh, a couple that's, of days. That's why he took my phone call, because he right. just... Uh... <laughs> and then um, Thursday was uh, the leadership uh, Willow Creek Ministry had the Willow. Uh, they had their leadership conference at uh, Trinity, and Pastor Mike said, "Hey, I got an extra ticket. You want to come down?" So that was another opportunity to continue to stay connected and think about, you know, what's the next chapter of life. And I really didn't know what I was sitting there in, in the pew at Trinity in the, in the afternoon, and uh, Pastor Tim Schroeder's sitting behind me, and I'm, my phone rings. I don't know. Should I answer it? I, I look at it. Six one three. So I step out of the room. It's the Prime Minister switchboard calling. It's a uh, Stephen Harper calling to have a chat, and so I stepped out of the room, and we had a chat for about 15 minutes, and, you know, commiserated over what happened, and the situation, and all the rest, and thanked, thanked me for the service, and hung up, and I went back, and sat down about 15 minutes later, another call comes, it's Christy Clark, the premier, calling me to thank me as well, so I thought after I was on the break, to, I said to Tim Schroeder, I thought it was appropriate, we had a leadership summit, I get the call from the prime minister and the premier, it's appropriate to take it, and, you know, so you once again, you're, you're trying to figure out where you are, and the identity is in your work, and that was what was wrong, what God was trying to teach me, is identity is in Him as a son, as His child of His, and not because of what we do, and I think that's probably what I've learned the biggest is who, you know, who am I and why am I here? One of the things we often hear is when people have gone through a difficult experience and they've gone through a, a, a time of loss and suffering and testing and trials, the strength that community is into your life. And uh, immediately having other people call Ron and invite him and other Christians and kind of coming around him and other leaders and people connecting with him, the, the ability that other relationships and being connected to other people can help us and can give us just some courage, some encouragement, the motivation to kind of keep going, the ability to help us understand that it is more than just my issue, my problem, my loss. There are other things. There are other people that care. And again, it just shows the power. Um, every time I've spoke with someone who has gone through a time of loss in pastoral counseling, there's somebody who made a difference in their life and said the right thing, the right note, the right card, the right smile at the right time. And so there's great power in our words and, and the way we can connect and, and communicate with others. And also there's great power in us not closing ourselves off and not sh not kind of closing, you know, I, I picture, you know, it's you could be kind of like Gollum where you can go in and you can sit there and close the blinds and not let the sun in and not want to talk to anybody and kind of hide away. Or you can somehow continue to be engaged in conversation and in relationship with other people. And how much strength comes through in community is a really powerful and wonderful thing. And um, tell me a little bit more about now, what you're doing, what some of the doors have opened up and other opportunities that came your way and somehow you, you kind of powered through in those days and months after the election and, uh, and other things now, if you, we look back uh, over this, that time period, uh, Ron's life is picked up. There's lots of great, exciting things happening. Give us a picture on some of the opportunities that came your way. Thanks. I just wanted to echo your comment about community and it's, if anything, from this morning's message that each one of you can help somebody. Sometimes it's not even saying anything or doing it, just being there and uh, listening. And that's, uh, you know, when you're going through a grieving time, whether it's a loss of a loved one or 
something that significant happened in your life. So going through that process, as I said, I've been contacted by a few people. Uh, I was offered um, a really good job right after the election from uh, from Al Stober in the community. I met with him three or four times, and I just, you know, people said, well, don't rush into anything. Don't take the first position that's offered, and, and I've known... Al and the Stover family for many years, and I just, uh, a friend of mine's a general manager, and I, I just said thanks, but I, I can't right now. I prayed about it, and so I looked at uh, the next sort of four or five months, went through, uh, you know, some some additional soul searching. I decided to go back to university. I went back to the Rotman School of Management, uh, their Institute of Corporate Directors, the Board Education Program. Uh, the province appointed me to, uh, as a director in the Land Title Survey Authority of British Columbia, and then I got... Uh, a call from... Can, can you get us land out of the ALR? Yeah, that, that's, <clears throat> that would be... Uh, I'm just asking. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't hurt to ask, right? <laughs> you'll, you'll have an opportunity to uh, elect uh, your representative for the Minister of Agriculture right here on, on May the 9th, and you can work with, with Norm or Steve, or, and you can talk with them. But the aspect of uh, trying to determine whether... You know, what was the best fit? And, and I got an opportunity from uh, presented to me by the Interior Savings Credit Union. And life with, with Christ is all about relationship. And what I love to do is, is connecting the dots. So I incorporated the company, a consulting company, and it's connecting the dots with integrity as a, my slogan. And I work with Interior Savings Credit Union in one of their capacities as a commercial lending, helping uh, businesses, if they're looking to refinance their inventory or equipment, or they have a developer that's looking to finance some land or buildings, so I help with the Interior Savings Credit Union as well as uh, working with Summerhill Winery and expansion, and a couple other projects has been very, very exciting that I would have never uh, had the opportunity. There's a, a local mining company here in town that's done very, been very successful. They flew me down to Vancouver for the day in their private plane just to meet with some folks there, and I took the Greyhound bus back, you know, just to <laughs> keep, keep myself in perspective, but I, I couldn't fly in a private plane before because it was, you know, I was a member of the Privy Council, and it was, it was against the ethics, so got to experience things I would have never had, and, and God's opened doors and provided opportunities to spend time with people, and I just love relationships and sharing the love with the Lord with others, and that means investing sometimes in people's lives that you wouldn't have time otherwise, and that's uh, been the, the next chapter. Whether it involves politics or not, we'll have to see. So you had indicated uh, one of the things that, that the Lord revealed to you and showed you and that you learned was how life wasn't about all of the career and the focus and the pace of, you know, the busyness and all those things, but it was about other things and other priorities. And what what is that? What is life like? Uh, what is it about for you? What it, What is it that God showed you in that? And you talked about your identity in Christ and those things. And then how do you keep that? It's a, kind of a two-part question, but how do you keep that in focus now that you're once again in the corporate world and, and busy and you have responsibilities? How do you, how do you keep that in balance now? I said twofold is the fact that, um, you know, continuing to be involved with uh, a member of Willow Park Church, um, music ministry has always been a big part of my life, so I play on the worship team uh, with, you know, regular rotation and, and on the drums and just building. Yeah, when, when he came by the other day, we had, our, we had our last meeting here. The first thing he did when he came in is he came over and looked at the drums and uh, was asking about them and stuff. So, and we Where, said, where's maybe, our f fellow drummer here? We both belong to the Hair for Men Club, I see there. That's good. <laughs> Must be something dynamic in that drum yeah, cage. Yeah, sorry. Cool. So basically, working, working through uh, 
the element of, of relationships once again, trying to stay connected with, with your church family. And to be honest with you, my wife and I felt betrayed by fellow Christians. They came up and said, well, you know, we really like the work you did, and you worked really hard, but we couldn't support your leader. Well, you weren't voting for the leader. You were voting for, my name was on the ballot, not the prime minister's, but anyhow, the, at the time, Stephen Harper's. But that was their perspective. And I, like I said, I encourage people to get informed and engaged because, as I said, there's no perfect party or policy or politician, but there's a lot of, lot of principles from a Christian perspective that some leaders have values and virtues that others don't. And I think you need to be informed. God calls us to, you know, Romans 13, to to pray for our leaders and to obey our government and to, and to worship. And, you know, I, Justin Trudeau, I call a friend. I can continue to pray for him as well and for God's wisdom and direction. There's, you know, Premier Christy Clark, our mayor, and, and there's an opportunity also to get involved. As I said, there's an election here May the 9th. There's an election next year municipally, the one 2019. So as Christians, we are to be, you know, engaged, not uh, be that, that salt and light and shine, shining light in the world, but we also can't just sit back and, and to be complacent. I think we have to be responsible in that way. So I've been trying to encourage people to, to be good stewards of our environment, be good stewards of our community, and that means being engaged and be informed and, and get out and vote. Uh, what did you learn about faith and Jesus through this experience and your own connection to Christ? In preparing for this morning's talk, I was thinking, praying. I talked to my wife, and I said, I can remember walking home sometimes one, two o'clock in the morning in Ottawa, three hours time difference, so I could work till, till uh, you know, call people at, at midnight, which is nine o'clock back here, and and then I would work on emails, and my wife would call and get home. You know, you got to get up at six thirty in the morning. You got a meeting at seven, and you know, thinking about your relationship. So it was the importance of balancing your, your, your time and your relationship with Christ and your work because you become so consumed with your identity and your work and you lose that balance. So I think that's the biggest focus that I've tried to learn from there is, you know, there, that, there'll be another email to wait, to, you can wait for that call. And I'm, I'm learning, but it's, it's still like my wife will say, I'm a work in progress. Yes. I think all our wives say that. <laughs> um, one of the things that, uh, just as we get ready to, to close, I'm actually going to get the band to come and we'll get ready to kind of close off this morning. And uh, a couple of the things that, that I wanted to just draw out and because as a, the, you know, the pastor and inviting Ron to come and to share part of his story, a couple of the things that, that you know, we had multiple conversations that were uh, longer than this. And so we can get in a little bit more into some of those details. And uh, a couple of things that, that he talked about that I think are very important for us to remember and to, th and to think through are a couple of things that I had written down is that everything, everything changes, but Jesus is the same. And when all of that, you know, all the, the focus and life and the busyness and being focused in Ottawa and then all of, all of that just really, it's like somebody picked up the kitchen drawer and just dumped it upside down in his life. And you're trying to pick through the pieces and make sense of it in the days following, that even when all of that happens, that Jesus is still there. You know, um, when you go to bed at night, you put your head in the pillow, when you wake up in the morning, Christ is constant. And so one of the things that helps us and, and kind of centers us and lets us continue to press forward when life knocks us down is the fact that Jesus is constant. 
And he's there when things are great and amazing. He's there when things are not so great and not so amazing. And in the midst of those moments of pain and lost uh, feelings and emotions, Christ is still there. And I know that's one of the things that Ron really uh, talked about and and, and brought out. And um, the other one was that uh, something he didn't really articulate himself, but I wanted to share about his story is all of the things that came his way since losing the election, all of the opportunities that have come his way, they came his way because he didn't quit, because he didn't stay down. He was willing to take conversations and phone calls and emails and meetings. He was willing to continue to engage in relationship with people. He didn't know what would come his way. He didn't know the opportunities that would come his way. There was no strategic plan the day after the election to say within one year I will be working at Interior Savings in this role. He didn't even know that role existed. All of those things came out of his willingness and his courage to not sit at home with the blinds closed and to cut himself off from people, but to continue to, to, to push forward and to continue to lean in. And what happens is by starting in motion, by engaging in relationship and not cutting yourself off from community, it somehow opens the door for God to come in and to continue to lead and to move forward. And I don't know if you had any further thoughts on that or comments uh, uh, along those lines. Yeah, actually, they, the position didn't even exist with Interior. They created it and called the business relationship manager and the CEO and the HR manager, um, you know, believed that I could do something that, that would help them. And, and that's what I want to do is help, continue to help people. And I think if you stop and listen to God, why was too busy maybe uh, doing life like a lot of us. Um, I know... Some of you are cramming for your exams right now, or you're just, uh, you know, looking at uh, the, the next report you got to get on, off your desk. And, and the, the busyness of life, we don't take enough time to, to reflect upon, uh, give Jesus that time. And, and I think that was what I've taken back from that is like Jesus first, and then everything else will fall in place and listen and uh, don't rush into the situations. And Deuteronomy, it says that, uh, you know, he will never forsake us. God will always be with us. And I think the fact that, you know, when we leave him, he, when we, we feel that he's left us, he's actually in the background busy holding us up and, and keeping, you know, preparing all the opportunities and, and the plans that he has for us are not necessarily what we vision at that time. But like I said, it's at that time, it, it was thought it was you know, almost the end of the world. And now there's great opportunities. The clouds are opening up, and there's going to be sunshine and great, you know, future ahead. Well, thank you. Why don't you guys say thank you to uh, Ron for sharing this morning? Sure, appreciate sharing that story. And uh, appreciate your willingness to be vulnerable and, uh, you know, just share some of that. I mean, that's a little bit, even, even now, probably a little bit being vulnerable, intimidating, and talking about some of our more personal feelings of, of, of loss and pain. And, uh, and yet we all have them. And so we identify with that. And so thank you for, for being willing to do that this morning. Um, I, we were chatting earlier and uh, wondering what the best way is to kind of close the service and our time together. And uh, in a minute, Ron is going to pray for us. We're actually going to have our, uh, our, our former MP, uh, who's a believer in Jesus, just pray a prayer of blessing and strength over us. 
And uh, before we do that, I wonder if maybe we could just, let's just do that, uh, that old kind of classic church moment where we close our eyes and we bow our heads and let's just sit and reflect and allow the Holy Spirit just to kind of just begin to speak to you in this moment. And um, we do this because it's kind of a personal thing and we encourage you and this is a safe place and so that's why we do it. But we thought, you know, there are people here today who have had a loss and a struggle. And it's a relationship that is broken off. It's a career loss. It is um, turmoil in your life in some area. And things have not gone the way you hoped or the way you wanted or the way you thought they would. And uh, today we heard yet one more story that somehow God is faithful to show up and to lead us through. And so Ron is going to pray this morning for you to have some courage and some strength to just kind of keep going. But we thought this morning, how many here would actually just be courageous enough just to signify, I think, to the Lord symbolically, but also to yourself, even just to say to yourself, actually, that's me. I need some strength and I need some courage and things did not go the way they were supposed to go and I'm, I'm in it right now and I don't know what to do and uh, I need some strength and some courage to figure out what life looks like after this when I get through this and so maybe that's you and you'd just like to slip your hand up and just put it down again you don't have to hold it up long it's a large number of us this morning a large number of us that would say you know what it just isn't going the way it's supposed to right now. Well, we hold faith in Jesus because he is constant, because he is good. He is with us at the top of the mountain and he's with us in the lowest of the valley. And once again, we don't know why things go the way they do, but life knocks us down. We have faith in Jesus to get us through. And so, Ron, would you, would you pray for us this morning? Heavenly Father, we stand before you humbly and with, with grateful hearts for the opportunity to be here this morning. And I thank you for the opportunity to share experience and for the opportunity you've provided me to serve in the community and to be your hands and feet and to continue to use, to be used however you see that be fit. We thank you for each men and women who are here, the children, and as they prepare to go their separate ways and to the back and to to do life, that uh, you will lead, guide, protect them, watch over them, and use them. And those that are experiencing challenging times, just to be assured that you are there and will be always always be there for them, no matter the situation. And pray for our leaders, elected officials of all levels of government. And pray for our country and we're thankful for the peace and the security and the, just the beautiful country we have in Canada uncertainty in the world we need your divine divine guidance we think about 100 years ago those thousands of people that battled in Vimy 3600 never returned home Canadian families we think about uh this Palm Sunday morning as well when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on that donkey and people waved palm branches and shouted Hosanna to our King 
They wanted the earthly king, but you had other plans, Lord, knowing that you could die and rise again in three days and be there for us for eternity. And we're so grateful for that, Lord. And just to keep that celebration alive and that you have risen, you have risen indeed, and you've died on the cross for our sins so we can have eternal life with you. And we can take that hope, that message of hope and prosperity and peace to our neighbors, our families, and friends that are here today in our community. Maybe just pick up the phone and call somebody today that you uh, have on your heart that you're thinking about and just uh, say that you love them and you've been thinking and praying for them. Now, to one person, maybe just the person you need to listen to, they might need to hear from you. So act on that uh, intuition. And we just thank you again for this time of celebration and worship, Lord. We know that you are faithful, God. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. We thank this. Pray this in Jesus' name.